Hey, Pudding People, stick around after the end of the interview for some updates from Jay Sandlin, friend of the podcast, on a new project he's got coming out at the end of March. Welcome, Pudding People, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. We are your hosts, Ken Seymour and Richard Geiger. How are we doing, Richard? Doing pretty good today. Not too shabby. The sun was out. It's like spring's here, even though it's not. It was a pretty nice day today. Yeah, one of those times to just make you feel thankful that finally the snow is just leaving, leaving as quickly as humanly, or I guess snow, snowingly possible, you know, yeah. something of that nature. We have a fantastic episode for you today. A wonderful guest has graced us with her presence. We have the actor, up-and-coming Madison Ekstrand. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Wonderful. Did I get the pronunciation correct? It's Ekstrand. I know. I know what's going to happen. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> it's a common theme on this uh, on this show. I take a name and I just mangle it. Uh, I, I, one of these days it's going to bite me, and uh, and I, I can't wait for that to happen because uh, I have full medical coverage, so it's going to be all right. It'll be good. Yeah. So I I would I just have to start with with the simplest uh, of things. Uh, this is kind of a new thing. I, I I always try and do my research, look at productions that that are coming up. Is this your? Is this uh, going to be your first big production that you're going to be in? Uh, the very frightening tales. Yes, this is my very first like huge production. Oh, that's got to be exciting. How does that feel? It's like it's amazing because I'm learning so much, especially being in this industry. There's endless stuff to learn, so I'm learning so much and like it's so amazing that like the casting crew i've been with they're like family and i'm still learning from them yeah the uh the nice thing about the business from everything that i've uh, i've learned from people that i've talked to been lucky enough to speak with is no matter how long you've been doing it whether you're fresh into it or whether you've been doing it for decades you can learn a little tidbit, a little nugget of, of skill or just experience or something from the people around you, the other actors, the, the people producing things. You can get a lot out of it. There's always so much to learn, too. But you didn't always start, uh, obviously, in, in acting. One of the things that uh, I thought was super interesting is that you've been – You've been in dance and a, a variety of different things competitively for some time. So, yes. What now is this? Describe this to me. Is this like, okay, I'm in school and then after school we do this, or no, this is my thing and I'll fit school around it, but this is this is the core of what I'm doing. So I'm actually online schooled. I started like acting classes about three four years ago, and like I use I traveled to Minnesota, and that's like maybe four and a half, five hours from here. So I, I started going online sophomore year so I can travel for my classes. So now it's like I can focus on so much and then it's like, eh, there's school on the side. Just get good grades. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So now are we talking good grades like straight A's or this like, yeah, C's fine. Nah, I, I get A's and B's. <laughs> Keep the parents off of your case. That is a very good idea. I know oh, Richard's yeah. very familiar with that concept. Yeah, e-learning is uh, 
evolved, I guess you can say, over the last year. So it's much more of a commonplace thing. I think it's much more easily acceptable for really everybody. Just, you even just have to have a phone for the most part, and you can get a lot of the stuff done. Now, for old folks like us, um, when we were in school, I mean, there's always going to be a certain amount of uh, competitive opportunities, whether it be sports or whether it be some of the uh, band-related activities or, or anything like that. What is the environment like for competitive dance? D describe how your kind of day-to-day -day is when you're trying to uh, make it in that particular area. So I haven't been in the studio since COVID because I don't want to be stuck in a class with a mask on. And I just think it'd be so annoying, especially at competitions. But it's stressful. It is. <laughs> um, and obviously, it's fun. I wouldn't be doing it if I didn't love it. But it's just you got to make sure your dance is perfect. You got to make your costume looks good. And then at competitions, you got to have the best costume, got to have the best makeup, you got to have the best choreography. And that's just how it is. <laughs> So now, is the dance that you do group or is it individual? No, I've done group dances and I've done solos too. Okay. Now, when I when I think maybe, and this is this is like I said, this is kind of an unfamiliarity with it. I mean, it shows that you've you've managed to perform some fairly high profile uh, situations. Is that generally what it is? You've got you and a handful of people in front of like a stadium full of people, or is it usually a more kind of intimate setting? For competitions? Mm -hmm. Competitions, like we kind of just go to the schools and just use a stage. That's like, like we'll go a couple hours away and then there's like a, usually a big school or a college and we just go use their, and then we just go around and use that, like their rooms as dressing rooms and then we just clean up. <laughs> makes sense yeah i've got uh, i guess more of a, a question that still pertains to some of the school things so doing all these things online do you still have the opportunity to kind of uh, participate in let's call them quote normal school activities so if you're away a lot can you do things like obviously right now no one's doing a prom but yeah. group group activities like that are you still able to participate in all those while you're doing all of these activities and doing online school? Oh yeah. And like, um, I'm actually graduating this year. So they, my mom called today and they're going to let me walk for graduation. And I'm like, I'm still part of the school system. I'm kind of just like over it. <laughs> but, so you're a senior. But, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I haven't talked to some people from my class and, literally three years and you learn who your real friends are. Honestly, my, I have so many friends that are like not in my school and that are like in LA. It's like ridiculous. So are you planning then? So you're going to graduate. Do you have plans to go to uh, a college afterwards too? Yes. I'm planning on going to college, but I'm going to try to do online for the first year to see how, because this year is going to be pretty busy for me. So I'm going to try to do this year online and see how that goes. What's the, uh, what's the plan of study? Like, what are you going to be, what are you going to be doing? I want to go into like the hospital management. I forget what you call it. And I think health management or something like that, but I want to go into that because 
I wanted to really go into nursing when I was little and up till junior year, I took a CNA class and I was like, no links. And like, I like good thing COVID hit because I was like, I'm sorry, but I'd, I'd probably be throwing up. And like, I was like gagging, even like looking at the pictures that we had to like on the PowerPoints. I was like, yeah, I, I'm not going to be a nurse. Well, yeah, people are gross. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get that from just a day-to-day -day thing. Talk to a few people, get that halitosis from about six, seven feet away. It's like, I really don't want to necessarily yeah. see you in a more intimate environment where I might need to be applying bandages. Mm -hmm. So how did you, okay, so I, I have another dance question. I got lots of dance questions because this is something that I didn't, I, I've never really been around a lot. Uh, having two boys that were not interested in, in much of anything in terms of extracurricular, uh, I always have to get it from other sources. So did you get to choose the routines or what, were they something that was determined for the group? So they're usually determined for the group, but if I have a solo, I can pick the song. I can like say, hey, I want this in the choreography. And like, uh, they'll give me choreography and be like, I don't really like this like part of it. And they're like, okay, we'll fix it. So they're really like e easy going and songs are kind of like, meh, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that was actually kind of where I was going because the music, that that's a big thing for Richard and I. We, we have a, a, a large interest in music and, and it affects people in so many different ways. And without music, dance is missing something so mm -hmm. it always kind of wondered something that i wonder is like well is that the music that you really wanted is this something that reflects an aspect of your personality or is this one of the 30 songs that we have licensed to be able to use in whatever performance um in the past i've actually done like you know based on one of my choreographers story um last year she was in a on in I can't talk. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I, she was in a relationship and it just didn't go well. So we did a dance and just to like, it was kind of like about her life and her relationship. And once we got off stage, she was bawling her eyes out and she's like, you girls did beautiful. And she's like, you, you portrayed that story so well. Mm, storytelling through dance. That's, that's a nice way to be able to connect to people that maybe they're not quite expecting. Do you get a lot of surprised reactions from people when they've, they've seen competitions that you've been in? It's like, I had no idea I'd like this this much or something that, that maybe uh, touched them in a way that you might not have expected? My family thinks they're boring going to them, but like when they see like the dance, obviously me dancing, they watch in my studio and they're like, wow, like we've done amazing stories. We've done like a cancer story. We've done, we try to like at least do like one a year that like really like hit the spot and it's like an actual like story that someone's been through. All right. So you, you've got the, the project, you're the, the, the show that you're working on. You, you said you have the school stuff that you're doing kind of, cause you, we need to do it. You got to get the grades, stuff like that. So where does the extra time fit in? Like is, is dance still something that you're trying to actively keep up with or is there just not enough time to do it because of all the other things that you have to do? Well, sadly there hasn't been really enough time to like go to the studio and dance as much as I used to, but I still get at least like 
maybe like one or two classes a week just so like I'm still like stretched and like I'm still like you know in good shape I guess but but I try to in school I try to stay like a week ahead to two weeks ahead so I can like if I need a week off or if something happens I can just like okay I'm fine now the the actual show like tell me about how that time schedule works for you is it something that you I I know it's not consistent every week but is it man it most of the time it occupies 10 12 14 hours of your day or do you actually have some type of more loose schedule that you can rely on so when we go out for filming we usually stay out there for a week and like we film for at least two days and three days if we need another day but usually the like the short films i've been doing with them so far that i've been in it's just been two days of filming and usually we're there like long days but we get it done how did you become involved in this particular project uh very frightening tales it seems a lot like uh uh kind of a tales from the crypt sort of a presentation so actually my mom's best friend noose the producer and she's like well send in your tape and like i'll see like you know if i want you and she wanted me and i was like so excited my mom thought it was fake at first (laughs) And she, and then we came out to LA and like, it was just an amazing experience. And then she's like, you want to be in another one? And I was like, yeah. She's like, you want to be in another one? And, and I'm like, oh yeah. And then now I'm a recurring character in it. That's pretty cool. Now, should the opportunity arise, I know you've got these medical dreams that we have spoken of already. If your acting career were to blossom and get more and more opportunities would it be yeah i could put that off till later or uh is it's like no i've got to get my education you know if this is the most important thing and then i'll come back to acting later no i can put it off till later honestly because you know you can always go to college right mm-hmm. i think i i support that 100 percent. you know because you, you you only get sometimes one shot to to be able to follow something that can be particularly special. Life is about experiences, and uh, my favorite uh, my favorite is uh, you know being able to tell stories or see those stories. And this is this is the medium to do it in right now. What um, do you know? Is this going to be streaming pretty much just online, or is there a, a specific channel that this is going to be on? As of right now, like, I don't know when it's going to, like, be streaming on or, like, when it's coming out. So I wish I knew, but. <laughs> it's it's early. There, there's, there's still a lot to go. I'm sorry. So what? you're. Uh, oh. <laughs> I was just giving him time to get in bit. there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we. We. You said you were about five five hours away from Minnesota. It says you're in Wisconsin. Is that right? Are you are you in the Wisconsin area? Yeah. Okay, so you're, you know, you're a Midwest person like us, um, but you're obviously a little bit colder, maybe a little snowier. Do yeah. you, if the if the opportunity arises, obviously it's a lot better for your career to be in somewhere like Hollywood or New York, for that matter. Um, would there be a preference to move to one of those places or to stay someplace closer to where you're at? 
Oh, I don't like. I don't want to be here because of the winters, and like I hate the winters. I go horseback riding, and it's like it's miserable in the winter. <laughs> and it's just like there's not much that you can do in the winter that doesn't involve being cold. So I've never been to New York, but I would definitely go and move to LA. Nice. Um, do you think? Well. In the projects you've worked on so far, are there a lot of people that you, like the people that you've met, are they, where are they from? So are those, those like you're the, the, the people that you're working with, are they from the West Coast somewhere or are they a little bit of everywhere? Um, they're from the West Coast, like the whole cast and crew so far. So I'm kind of like the oddball, but they've all, a lot of them were somewhere else and they just sort of moved to the West Coast, but yeah, I'm just the oddball out of the group. It's, yeah, we. As wrong with that. As I we yeah we we we've talked to a lot of folks who are from the Midwest and have actually you know either come and they've stayed, they gone to Los Angeles but then came back. Um, do you think that being from the Midwest, you know, like I said, like like us, we're in Indiana, that. Uh, changes the perspective on things when you get to meet a lot of these people who maybe don't know what it's like to be in the Midwest? I feel like if the people from the West Coast would come to the Midwest, they would be like, wow, everyone's actually like really nice and like polite because, <laughs> because actually my mom's from the East Coast. She's from New Jersey and like she moved here about 20 something years ago and she's like, I heard like a gunshot and it was just a neighbor like shooting a raccoon and she's like she's from jersey so she ducked and and the neighbor just called her and goes yeah i just shot a raccoon and she's like oh okay so i feel like that'd be something you know they'd be like kind of like oh well what do you guys do for fun i mean we kind of drive around go to walmart and that's it that's very yeah, different. definitely pl plenty of gunshots around me for sure just mm -hmm. Popping off shots all the time. Oh, yeah. Well, it can be very disconcerting. I remember when I moved into my very first apartment and uh, we threw a little uh, housewarming party, for lack of a better word, and had all of our friends come over. And it was in an area of the town that was maybe not quite so nice. You know, first apartments often are that way. And then I find out. A year later, it's like, yeah, there were uh, gunshots right outside the that first day that I had never heard. It's like, I'm glad you told me. <laughs> or, <laughs> or maybe not. Uh, as long as the least for. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I'm glad we're gone now. Thank goodness. Yeah. So, okay. Being the newcomer to acting that you are, I, I guess I should ask, did you do any theater productions in high school up to this point to kind of help prep you for is this this jumping into the deep end very very first thing um so i started like i kind of knew what i was getting into because i was like i really wanted to do acting so i got into the acting classes but the disney stuff and like they didn't really prepare us for like the serious stuff like i'm doing so when i got on set i was like oh wow like <laughs> So it was different, like, transitioning from that, but I got used to it, and, like, especially being different characters now, I just have to be different, so it's, like, I have to get used to everything, I have to get used to my character, I have to make, I have to make sure every character is different, so. What is the 
thing maybe that surprised you the most, being able to come onto the production side, seeing how things are put together that you maybe hadn't thought about before? Is there there's something that just immediately popped out? It's like, I, this is new. I hadn't realized that this needed to be done. The cameras. I didn't know that. Like, obviously I knew there's like a camera, but it's just like, never knew like how, like what they would look like. I honestly like thought it was like the clicky camera for a second, <laughs> but yeah. And like the whole setup and like they had a truck and everything. I was like, wow, like the equipment, I was like, that really surprised me. Cause I was like, I didn't really know that there's so much into it. How much, uh, how much, because you, you shot on site, at least for the, the first episode on, on a, a haunted house set, how much equipment did they allow you to bring in to set up things the way that you needed to for the episode? Honestly, I don't know. I feel like they were pretty good about that, but I know, like, I know that the cast was cut, like, basically in half because, like, COVID and everything, but I don't know anything about the equipment. <laughs> You didn't feel crowded when you were inside, I guess, then. No. <laughs> so when they told me that there's more people in the crew, I was like, really? Like, there is? Well, you got to have the, the key grip, and you've, you've got to have the, the camera operators, and uh, usually the, uh, the film editors is going to be nearby, depending upon whether that's the director or not. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. There's so much cool stuff that goes beyond, uh, beyond yeah. what the average person is able to see. But part of the part of the craft, uh, like we were talking about earlier, is having the chance to have those that have kind of come before you share their experience. Now, you you worked with uh, uh, Michael um, Perre. Is yeah. that uh, he's been in? Um, I think what's the word? Uh, everything. Uh, <laughs> What was it like to, to work with somebody that's been in in the industry as long as he has? I was a little starstruck and I never knew I'd I was like, yeah, if I meet this famous person, I'd never be like, you know, starstruck. But I was like kind of like, oh my God, like he's like actually in front of me, but he was like he was the sweetest person. Like he talked to me and my mom about like the industry and like, you know, still go to school, make sure you're still like learning stuff and doing stuff on the side because you never know what's going to happen. And then like in between takes, he'd like go over the lines with me. And then he'd be like, once in a while, he'd be like, oh, you're doing such a good job. And he just, I thought like, I'd be like, oh, it's going to be kind of uncomfortable. Like, cause I never like acted like with another person, but it was like so natural. And he was so nice to me. Did it inspire you to go back and look at some of his earlier work? I've actually watched his earlier work before I went to the set um, because my mom is from, you know, Jersey. So we watched, of course, Eddie and the Cruisers. So <laughs> excellent. Good choice. The, the That was a fantastic movie and the sequel existed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes the sequels can't quite live up to the original. You know, there's nothing you yeah. can do. But uh, if you haven't seen it, if you want to see another really good one that he was in, the Philadelphia Experiment, fantastic, really kind of a kind of a funny thing. Uh, he had a good part in the Virgin Suicides too. That was that was solid back in the back in the day. A lot. I of these, just know the Eddie and the Cruisers. <laughs> uh, uh, you got the good one. You got the good one. So what what was maybe? I mean, he had to have given you some some 
pointers or advice? What was maybe the biggest takeaway that you had in, in working with him? Just be yourself. And like, honestly, if you mess up, you mess up. I mean, you can always do another take and because like, even like if I like messed up like a, like a word or something, he'd be like, yeah, just keep on going. And like, it's just so nice. Just keep on going and just, you know, if you mess up, it's okay. Cause I was so, I was so stressed about that. I was like, if I mess up, I'm like, are they going to like yell at me? Are they, I was like, are they going to be mad at me? But everyone was like, you know, everyone was so like nice to me. And I just loved the cast and crew. Excellent. Well, let's, let's dig a little deeper into the actual part you're playing. Now I'm not asking for specific intimate details about the show because it's not been out and you can get in trouble for like telling details and things. But it's more like you had mentioned before, you're playing multiple characters. Mm-hmm. So so let's go that route and tell us just what you can about what you're actually doing in in this as those multiple characters. So in The Curse of Stonehill, I'm more like kind of like myself. I'm like bubbly, you know, I'm kind of like, you know, I'm the sweet girl. I just want to know like what's going on. And then the dinner rush, I'm kind of more edgy. I mean, I got the black hair. I got the piercings. I even had like a fake nose ring on. And like, I was like, after they did the makeup, I was like, oh my God, this is not me. So it's totally the opposite of me. And then the third one, Slice of Life, I was kind of like a redhead, but I'm also like an actress. And I was like cocky, but like still kind of like nice a little bit, but flirty. So it it was just really cool playing all these different roles. Now, what what was the what was the direction given to you? Was it to be those specific types of character, or did you have a little bit more leeway in how you could be how you could present those characters? I had a little bit of leeway, but like they kind of gave me like the direction it was going, and but I had a lot of leeway to kind of make it obviously my own. That's good. That's good. Um, now this. How many, how many parts overall is, I know you'd mentioned those three. Um, I, I guess, how many are there total, do you know, in the Very Frightening Tales? I think there are five short films. Okay. Mm-hmm. And if this, if this does well enough, is the expectation that there will be more of them that you could participate in as well? Actually, um, I'm going back to LA at the end of April and I'm shooting another part of the episode. So, Oh, wow. That's nice. Very exciting. So that'd be six. So now one of the, oh, sorry. Did not mean to step right on your toes there, Richard. Oh, just saying the word good. Okay. Well then I don't feel bad about stepping on your toes at all then. Cause that's, that's just a small little world. And so, yeah. All right. Uh, what I was going to say is part of what we cover more often than not in our particular podcast is the intersection of pop culture in a couple of different areas. We tend to focus a lot uh, specifically on comics and how they intersect with film. Now, are you a comic fan at all? I mean, no, but I feel like if I like I would read them, but I just I never really got into comics now have you seen any of say the dc or marvel movies as they've come out in the last few years 
Oh, of course. Okay. Well, then maybe maybe you might have a, a fun answer anyway. I always like the, the imagination. If you had your dream opportunity, you could play any kind of character from a comic uh, or a superhero. Who would you play? The Star Wars count? <laughs> I'll, I'll say yes in this. We'll, we'll, we'll okay. rule easy. Oh, gosh. I would play Ahsoka. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Good choice. Yeah. Got some got some kick-butt fighting skills in there. That's always a good start. And just the way she looks and, like, how they created her character is just so amazing, too. I just love her character. Hey, it's, it's hard not to like some of the pretty fantastic uh, uh, Star Wars stuff that they've got going on. And, yeah, it's... We, it's just something that puts a smile on my face every every single time. Star Wars, Star Trek, give me some sci-fi, and and, and the day becomes just a little bit better. Mm-hmm. So we also it's arguably better than Star Trek. No, not really. But <laughs> don't start that again. We'll we'll get back to that at some other point. But if you if you um, had the opportunity, I mean, are you? a big fan of the horror genre would you kind of want to stick into that subcategory or do you feel like if you if you could you would want to branch out want to do some some regular drama some comedy what what do you feel would be your favorite niche to be in in the creation of stuff so far i love like the horror oh i'm sorry (laughs) no no you're you're fine i love the I love the horror genre, but I also like to branch out and like just not be like, like I just do horror movies. I just want to do like, like branch out and do whatever comes to me. What is your favorite horror movie right now? If you, if you had to name one or do you have a handful that just your stock favorites? (laughs) I really like the insidious movies. Good choice. They're like always scary. And I'm just, I've, remember watching them like gosh years ago and i don't like i would just watch rewatch them again and again very cool so let's get back to the star wars and star trek thing <laughs> uh, uh in your opinion which one of them is more enjoyable which, which one's better to you obviously star wars i mean i watched star star trek with like when i was like little little so but I remember I was so bored and I'm watching Star Wars. I think it's just so cool and like the special effects and everything. I'd, I'd go Star Wars. <laughs> uh, we got to fix that. We, we got to show you some good Star Trek stuff. Get you on. Get on Star Trek. Team Star Trek. Uh, no, you can't go wrong with Star Wars. Star Wars is, is definitely that adventure uh, first and foremost. Have, have a little bit of uh, lightsaber fights, a little bit of uh, gun battles, a lot of ships that ignore There's everything. physics you know that's the best part where things don't work quite the way you expect so okay so i've got one more i've got one more for you uh, to do specifically with uh the new stuff that's coming out now when we talk about horror a lot of times everybody's conception of horror is just a little bit different if you were to uh, give it kind of a subcategory is this uh more of a monster-based horror is it more of a suspense thriller horror is it more of a sci-fi horror or is it a little bit of everything so that it's honestly a little bit of everything because 
you got so much room because each short film is so much different from like the other one. There's different creatures, different people, and it's just different storylines. And I, I would say a little bit of everything. Excellent. A little smorgasbord of fantasticness. Mm-hmm. All right. So just to kind of close things up, we always have a handful of questions that we ask uh, a majority of our guests when we think about it, because, you know, we're old and we forget things. But uh, so we talk about music being important. What is your most inspirational music? When you, you, when you need to be uh, the best of your best, what will bring you to that musically? Who's your favorite band? Oh, gosh. I mean, I don't have a favorite band because I listen to so much um, music, but I do like Dance Gavin Dance. Dance Kevin Dan. I don't think I know that one. I had a funny feeling this might happen. I'd be so disconnected, and I haven't. It's just yep. like I'm I'm the old dad guy. I have no idea what you're talking about. No, um, I don't like screamo, but like they kind of mix like a like a little bit. So it's like it's like oh, it's screamo. It's like no, but they like actually sing in it, and it's like actually really cool how they like mix it a little bit. Oh, so it's like heavy metal, but with good singing. Yeah, I would say. I can get down with that. That works. <laughs> well, what about okay? So an, another question that we ask is we've talked to, we've talked to folks on really pretty much every location, every area across the country, and we ask a simple kind of two-part question: uh, favorite type of pizza that you've got, and is there a place locally? It's just like, it's the best, hands down. That's where I'm going to go. Well, well, tell me a little bit about that. Um, favorite pizza would be cheese pizza with black olives on it. And obviously stuffed crust. But my favorite pizza place is actually in New Jersey, but I forget what it's called. It's actually in a farmer's market, but it's so famous. Like everyone goes there, but it's, the sauce is good. They put like the right amount of cheese on it. And it's just, you don't feel like disgusting after it. It's just, it's like the best pizza. Now is is that like a like a New York style pizza? Yeah, I think so. Okay, a little bit of that thin crust. You can roll it up almost like a a taquito mm-hmm. and eat it that way. <laughs> pizza keto. Well, fold maybe a fold. Fold. Okay, yeah. So I I always take it too far. You know, people have told me that it's just I go crazy. I get a couple pieces of pizza, put them on the sides of my head, act like I have dog ears. And then they say, please leave the establishment every single time. I, I just don't understand. Yeah. Well, we want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us a little bit. Tell us a little bit about Very Frightening Tales and and the exciting horror genre that you're getting a chance to participate in. I cannot tell you how excited I am to see it actually uh, hit the finished, prod, uh, finished uh, product and and. It's, it's very exciting. And you said you weren't quite sure when it was going to come out at this point? No, I'm not quite sure. Well, we will have to keep in touch. Do you have like a, a Twitter account that people can find out exactly uh, what you're doing and when the movie or when the uh, short films are going to release? Um, they can follow my Instagram at maddie.don. So it's M-A-D-D-Y-Y dot D-A-W-N. Nice. Well, the pudding guys are definitely behind you. 
And, uh, and of course, you can always follow us on at Pudding Guys on Instagram or at Real Pudding Guys on Twitter. And for all the rest of you listening out there, definitely take a look at this. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun, especially if you, if you like the, uh, the type of horror that uh, doesn't take itself too seriously. Uh, that's, that's one of the things that, that, that made me think of with the, uh, um, with the reference to, to some of the older things that I've seen. It's, it's just that kind of joy that comes with the, the scary, spooky side of things. It's just so much fun. Thank you again for being on and talking to us. Thank you for having me. Have a nice night. As promised, here is Jay Sandlin with a little bit of info on H.H. Holmes, a project coming out at the end of March. America's first serial killer, H.H. Holmes, boasted over 200 deaths. Yet today, Chicago once again finds itself held in the grip of terror. So like Holmes himself, is a copycat on the loose or something more sinister. Find out in Zenoscope's Tales of Terror Quarterly, H.H. Holmes, March 31st. Evil comes Holmes. 331-21!